Elam Church. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30am in the Delancey Elam Church building at the Bank St. Sampson's in the Channel Island of Guernsey. To contact us or find out more information about us, please visit our website at delanceyelam.co.uk. Got a lot of it used to by the first day. We've watched lock the doors, draw the curtains, no one step out sort of thing. Uh, but also as that was, the most amazing thing of all was actually was the eagle. Uh, just seeing, we saw, you know, seeing the eagles fly and it kind of stirred my heart again. I just seen the eagles, how, how free an eagle is and how majestic an eagle is. So I just want to share a little bit about, about the way of an eagle. Uh, so if you've got, say, Proverbs 30, verse 18... I love the eagle, and I was kind of inspired when we were away seeing the power and the majesticness of an eagle. Proverbs 30, verse 18. There are three, three things, says Solomon, which are too wonderful for me. Yes, yes, four which I do not understand. The way of an eagle in the air, the way of a serpent on a rock, the way of a ship in the midst of the sea, and the way of a man with a virgin. Let me just, I kind of just, before we get to the kind of eagle part of it, uh, I just believe there's incredible just revelation right there, just in those verses. Uh, the way of an eagle in the air, really, it's, it's a picture really of the Christian living in a supernatural life. I think the, there we've got the, the way of a serpent on a rock is a picture, if you like, of, of Satan and Jesus. The, the way of a ship in the midst of the sea is a picture of, of the church. The mystery of the, of the mystery of the picture of a church in the midst of a storm. That's a great picture there. And the last one, the way of a, a man with a virgin, is a picture of Jesus and his church. And, and you can see all kinds of values and pictures there. But I want to just focus on that phrase there. The way of an eagle in the air. And I can understand seeing it and seeing how, how that when Solomon looked at that, it was a mystery. It was such an awesome thing to see. It was a mystery to see. Notice this. An eagle, where is it? An eagle in the air. And almost this picture of a believer living a super Natural life, because air speaks of what you can't see, it's invisible, is that right? You can't see air, it's invisible. Uh, and so there's this picture of, of, the, of, of supernatural power, living in the supernatural power of God. And you'll find that an eagle is mentioned many times as a picture of the believer. In fact, 32 times in the Bible, an eagle is revealed as a picture of a believer, a believer who's living in the power of God. Not living in his own natural power, in his own natural ability. It's an eagle in the air. An eagle has learnt the power to live in the air. And really the secret for us is to learn to live in the power of God's supernatural power. Can you say amen? Because often, I was thinking this the other day, often we... You know the Christian life, people often say the Christian life is so difficult. Listen, the Christian life isn't so much difficult, it's impossible. <laughs> you can't live it in your own power and strength and you are never meant to live it that way. Is that right? We're always meant to live our lives in the power of the Spirit. 
We often, it's amazing we equate things. If I was to say, okay, let's all go and raise the dead, that would be, wow, that's kind of way out. But if I was to say, come on, let's love each other, we think, well, that's kind of, that's easy to do. But you know what? Even loving people is just as impossible as anything else. Because we're not meant to live the Christian life in our own power, in our own strength. We're meant to be like the eagle that knows where it's like to flow in the power of the air. Amen? Okay, let's look at uh, Deuteronomy 27. Sorry, Deuteronomy 32. Verse 11 and verse 12. I think one of the things we saw when we were, were, were at the Bethel Church, and, and you see that the kind of power of, of supernatural living, really, and the power, what happens when God's power is released. I mean, literally, I don't think we were in a meeting where at least maybe 20, 30 people were healed. I don't think a meeting went by where that didn't happen. It was just constant miracles and healings. Almost, it's become norm. Uh, on, on the Saturday, I went to what is called a healing room, and there must have been, I think, probably over a thousand people queuing up to get prayer for. It's just absolutely incredible what's taking place there and just impacting the whole community. Literally everywhere you go, everyone knows what's taking place there. It's amazing. Uh, but, and I think an eagle is a picture of, of all that God wants to do from that sense. Anyway, Deuteronomy 32, verse 11. As an eagle stirs up its nest, hovers over its young, spreading out its wings, taking them up, carrying them on its wings... I want you to get this phrase here. So the Lord. Get older. So the Lord alone led him. And there was no foreign God with him. So the Lord. You know, when an eagle builds its nest, it builds it right high on the rock. And the eagle has an amazing way when it builds its nest. It's, it actually, it's, the, it's amazing because... It, it, it puts all kinds of fur in it. It's, it's just an incredible thing to see. It's it, furs put in the nest, and it's, it's the most comfortable place you ever think you could be for the eagle. It's just amazingly comfortable. And every day, and in, actually, this is something to think about. I haven't got a revelation on this, but think about this. That the, the, the actually, it's the mother eagle that goes out to hunt. And I'm working that one through, actually, but... <laughs> So it's the, it's the female that goes out and hunts and gets the food. I kind of like that one. And I don't know, you think, you take that, you build on that revelation wherever you want. Uh, but the point is, so the mother eagle goes out and she hunts and she gets the choicest of meat. And then would just, the mother, you know, little eaglets there and every day the mother, mother comes and just pops the food in and, and, and the father actually remains, the, the male eagle actually remains in the nest as well. That's, Another interesting part of it. Uh, so the mother eagle's going out there, getting all the food, feeding the eaglet, and going off, feeding it with all the choices for food. And for the first, I suppose, the first month of its life, it's absolutely amazing. A lovely, comfortable nest. Opening the mouth, food goes in, and each time that goes on time and time and time. But then there comes a point when the eagle thinks that... The, that the eaglet thinks the mother's gone crazy because what the mother eagle begins to do, all of a sudden, it begins to tear up the nest. Absolutely tears the nest up, tears it to pieces. The fur goes and literally tears the nest up. So now it's very, very uncomfortable in that nest because when the, the eaglet sits in that nest, the thorns, it, it's an uncomfortable place to be. And here we're told, as the mother eagle does that, so 
God, what it says, he stirs up its nest. What a powerful thing. God has a habit, how many have found this, of stirring up your nest. Ever felt the situation where everything seems so wonderful in your life? Everything seems so secure, everything's in place. Just everything seems to fit together. Everything seems so wonderful. Everything seems so fantastic. It's secure. It's comfortable. And all of a sudden, what you thought was so comfortable, what you thought was so secure, suddenly becomes disturbed. How many have had that experience? The God, notice this, it's not the devil that stirs the nest up. It's God. The God begins to stir up your nest. And you find yourself... Outside your comfort zone. Sometimes it can be a change of season in your life. How many have found that? And I often feel that before you're about to come into something new from God, before you're about to come into a new season, one of the first things that begins to happen is the stirring of the nest. What seems so secure, what seems so comfortable, all of a sudden you in your heart, you feel uncomfortable about it. It, it doesn't sort of fit with you. Because God is beginning to stir up the nest. And I think as the eaglet sees that, because remember this, nests were never meant to be forever. Nests were only meant to be what? Temporary, is that right? And I think one of the things that you kind of find is, What's happening? How many found that? You know, what, I, I don't understand what's happening. How many have ever had that question? I, I, I just don't understand what's happening. Everything seems to be being stirred up. And I, what, what is happening? And I think the egglet must say, what is happening? To, what's happening to my life? What is happening to this nest? And that's the kind of question that we begin to ask. God, what's happening? Because God is beginning to stir up the nest. Why is he doing it for? It's because he knows that if we remain in a place of comfortability, we're never going to grow. You never grow in your nest. Because here's the danger of living a kind of nest kind of life. Is that you begin to trust in other things rather than trust in God himself. And part of the, the, the stirring of the nest is that God begins to demolish the things that we, we have found ourselves trusting in. The things that we've found a security in. The things that we begin to put our confidence in, God begins to come and stir those things up so we begin to learn to trust in Him and Him alone. How many have ever found that in your life? Sometimes those things are good things, they're not necessarily evil things. But over a certain point in time, we find ourselves relying and trusting in our nest rather than trusting God. And we become comfortable. Because you think about it in the nest, because that egglet would never really have fully grown as long as it remained in the nest. Is that right? Can you imagine if for the rest of her life that egglet remained in the nest? It would never have grown, it would never develop as long as it is in the nest. It's only outside of the nest the egglet begins to grow. And I've found this. It's only out of that place of comfortability. It's only when God begins to disturb your nest, begins to shake your nest up, that you learn to grow. 
You learn to grow in faith. You learn to grow in dependence. You learn to go in trusting in God. You, 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 you learn to grow in His strength. You're not meant to be a prisoner of circumstances. You're not meant to be controlled by feelings. You're not meant to be dictated by appetites. And so God often will disturb our nests so that we begin to discover. I found after the outside your nest, it amazing how your perceptions change. See, as long as that egglet remained in that nest, her perceptions were so small. She lived in a very small world, is that right? Very small world. Very small perceptions. When you're outside your nest, when it got outside the nest, suddenly she saw the world before her. Whole different view of where the world was. Outside of your nest, your perception change. Your mindsets begin to change. You begin to see God in a way you never saw him before. You begin to see yourself in a way you never saw yourself before. Your whole perceptions changes outside the nest. As long as you're in the nest, often we live in a very small world and very you know, mindsets and wrong thinking, wrong ways of looking at things. You know, one of the things we did when we were on holiday, we, we, it was a mountain that we wanted to kind of see, well, the base of the mountain, not the top of it, but the base of it. Uh, and one of the women said to us, oh, it's not very far, five minutes up the road and you, you're there, so out we go. Five minutes. And as we noticed, that the further up we went, the kind of narrower the row has become. And so it became, and we thought, shall we, no, let's just stop, because this is getting silly. But we just kept, we thought, no, no, let's keep going, we're halfway there. And so we kept going and going and going until we reached the base of this mountain. And even though it was, I think it was about 80, 90 degrees in temperature-wise, yet there was still snow there, snow all around. And I thought, I'm so glad we kept going. And that's often like the Christian life sometimes. But sometimes I think we, 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 we stop too far. We, we're almost there and we kind of pull back. But part of Christian, to really get to the best views, to really grow in God, keep going. Don't pull back. Sometimes, when you're, when you're almost at that point, to pull back, you, you've missed what, what could have been. How many times have you pulled back and think, actually, what could have been in that situation? How different things could have been. If only I'd have pressed through. If, I'd have, if only I'd have kept on going. Imagine what could have been. And so God says, just press through. Keep going. You go from one glory to glory, faith to faith, glory to glory. Let me give you numbers 13, because there's a picture really of two groups of people. One group that remained in the nest and those who were willing to get out the nest and be disturbed. Numbers 13 and verse 30. One of my favorite characters in the Bible. Caleb. Emily loved Caleb. Here's a story of a man who was determined to get out of his nest. Amen? He didn't want to remain in comfortability. He didn't want to remain in the nest. He wanted to get out of it. And in verse... Where are we? Verse 31. It says, verse 30, Except for Caleb, the son of Japhon, and Joshua, the son of Nun, you shall by no means enter the land which I swore you... Where am I? Yeah, Numbers 13. I was on verse... I was on the wrong chapter. Numbers 13. Verse 30. That's better. Then Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said... Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are able to overcome it. I love that. He says, we are able. 
almost before he happened, he said it. And you'll find the power of living a life of victory is saying it before it really happens, declaring what the outcome will be before you actually physically see the manifestation of it. Can you say amen? He says, we are able to do it. And I'm declaring to you the manifestation of what is going to happen. But notice the people who wanted to remain in their nest in verse 31. But the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone, a spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people who we saw are great stature. Then we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak, came from the, the, came from the giants, and we are like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. Isn't that powerful? Can you see what happens when you remain in a nest? You get wrong perceptions. Notice what they said. They said, in our, own, in our own sight, we were like grasshoppers. You know, it's interesting that part of the things that keeps us in our nest is our is a wrong identity. We just see ourselves in the wrong way. And, and we think, and because of the way we see ourselves, we think we could never come into anything great or anything amazing in God because this is the way things are meant to be. And we often have a perception we see ourselves compared to our circumstances, compared to our problems. We see ourselves as grasshoppers. It's a wrong identity. It's a wrong perception of ways we see in ourselves. And people remain in nests of various things because of their identity. They have a wrong, distorted identity of who they are. And that is what binds them. That's what limits them. And they said, because of that, we are stuck in this situation. They had a, a slave mentality. They had a victim mentality. And out of that, they, they, it caused them to remain in their nest. So where is now this let's go back to the eagle. It's stuck in this nest. Interesting enough, do you know why the eagle builds this mountain so high on on the sort of if you like on the mountain, if you like on the cliffs? Because once that nest is beginning to be disturbed and that eagle gets out that nest, there's no way back. You know what I mean? You're on a you're on a threat you're on an edge and there's just no way back. And sometimes there's something in us that says, I just want to get back to that nest. But God has so tore it up, there is no way back. Listen, if there's no way back, what's the point of going back? Let's keep moving forward, amen? Now, that's what happens. So then when the eaglet gets, if you like, the neck is disturbed, then the eaglet is like on the edge of, this, of the cliff and everything. And what the mother eagle does then, which is kind of crazy, she knocks the eagle off the cliff. So the eagle, the eaglet, begins to just to fall like a bomb towards the rock. Just like a bullet just begins to fall towards the rock. How many would think that's a pretty horrible experience? That you're falling. Ever read that? You, you are just falling and falling and falling. And all you can see are rocks before you. Now here's the amazing thing. Just before the eaglet is about to hit the rocks, the mother eagle sweeps below it and catches it on its wings. And then it flies right back up again and starts the whole procedure over again. She does it six times, up to six times, until the eaglet gets the message. I met you, I'm changing that. How many times, what number four are you on? You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, what number four are you on? And so, as a picture, I want to see, this is a powerful truth. I want you to see, God can fly quicker than you can fall. I thought that was amazing. That, that, that actually, 
God can fly quicker to catch you than you fall. And I thought that was such an amazing truth. There's so many truths in the Bible that the Bible says that before Adam fell, that Jesus was the lamb that was slain when? Before the foundation of the world. God sent Joseph into Egypt to prepare for a famine to protect the children of Israel. In other words, that God can fly quicker than you can fall. And I found that time and time. I found that time and time. Sometimes you get a word. And you think, what on earth does that word mean? I can't, I can't fit that into my present situation. What does that word mean? And suddenly you look back and see that that word has prepared you for what's about to happen. That that word was the strength that enabled you to face that situation. God had prepared you before the fall, if you like. How many of you have seen a need be met or some way God has moved in your life and you weren't quite sure why he did that for, but when you look back, you can see God is preparing you for what was about to come. How many of you have ever had that experience? And I love this thought that God has actually provided the solution even before the problem exists. He can fly quicker than you can fall. That, I mean, that's just uh, such an incredible thing. Here's the second thing. Why that happens? Why she stood? Why that little leglet is knocked off that cliff? You know why? Because the eagle wants that eaglet to know it's got wings. If it was never flown off that cliff, it would never know it's got wings. The Bible says that also that that mother eagle has six foot wings, six, between six and eight feet, and it catches that eaglet in its wings. And what the mother eagle is doing is showing that eagle the power. He's never seen its mother with its wings fully outstretched. And now, for the first time, it sees the mother eagle with outstretched wings. And it begins to realize how powerful, how awesome that mother eagle is. And God wants you to know today how powerful he is. And it's often in a free-fall situation. Everyone felt sometimes you feel you're falling, you feel everything's out of control, you feel your whole life's falling apart. And you wonder what's happening in your life. And in the midst of that, God comes and he shows you how truly powerful he really is. Paul says, I pray that you would get a revelation of the power that is at work. The power of God. And I think one of the things God wants us to give a revelation of is how truly powerful he is. We need to get a revelation to see how awesome he is, how great he is, how powerful he is, how mighty he is. To see his incredible, awesome power. He doesn't want us to live a limited life. That we we see him as, as a limited God. He wants us to see how great he is. He's unlimited in resources. He's unlimited in power. He's unlimited in greatness and awesomeness. And he wants you... To get that revelation in the depths of your heart. And when you get a revelation of how powerful God is, then there's no problem, there's no circumstance that seems too big. Can you say amen? But here's the thing to see. What the mother eagle wants that eaglet to know. You know my power? You know how, 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 how I fly, how I've got wings? I want you to know that you also have got wings. Because the same power, God says, that raised Jesus from the dead is now at work 
in you. God doesn't just want you to see how powerful he is. He wants you to see that that power also resides in you. He wants you to see the power that you've got. You've got wings. He's given you wings to fly. He's given you ability. He's given you power. When that eaglet begins to fly, it discovers it's got muscles it never knew it had. Ever done something? You think, I never knew I had those kind of muscles doing I don't know. I didn't know. I've got muscles I didn't know I had. How many have ever found that sometimes? And God, through learning to come out of that nest, through learning to trust God, you begin to discover, I've got wings. I can do things I never thought I could do. I think we, 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 we fail to see sometimes of the unlimited power that's in us. Sometimes we're asking God for more rather than releasing what he's already given to us. And sometimes God will put you out your nest so you begin to draw on the things he's put inside you. He puts you maybe with difficult people. You know why that is? So you can, be dis- you, so you can begin to discover the supernatural love he's put inside you. He puts you in, in problematic situations. So you begin to discover the wisdom that God's put inside you. He begins to put, in, put you in all kinds of situations. So you begin to draw on the power that God has put within you. But you'll never really find it as long as you're in the nest. It's only outside of the nest. It's only stepping out for God. You begin to discover the potential that he's really put inside you. Never thought of that you... That love, it's there. That wisdom there. That power's there. And sometimes it's only unleashed by stepping out. Think about this. The sick are never healed unless we lay hands on them. Is that right? People are never really saved until we tell them about Jesus. Circumstances never change until we confront it. And speak the word of God to it. And God wants you to realize what he's put inside you. The abilities, the powers, the giftings, the potential he's put inside you. And he's working in your life so you draw on that. That you draw on what he's put inside you. You learn to fly. You've got wings, spiritually speaking. And you're called to fly. You're not called to live in the nest. You're called to ascend on high and fly with him. You say amen. That's what he's put inside you. All that power. All is put inside you. Okay, Proverbs 23, verse 5. How many of you have I found this? Put yourself in a situation and you suddenly discover, man, I didn't know I could do that. How many of you have found that? I never really thought I could do that. I never thought I, I had that kind of boldness. I never kind of thought I had that kind of authority. I never thought I could really love that way. I never thought that kind of wisdom would come. How many of you ever discovered that? And that's what God is continually working on. So you're drawing on all that he's put inside you. Wouldn't it be awful to, to live your life and come to an end of your life and never really tapped into all the kind of abilities and powers and giftings and anointings that God has put inside you? The goal of life is to release everything Jesus has put inside you. To release it. Because that's how you develop. That's how you grow. That's how you learn to ascend on high. Now listen to this. This is a powerful truth as well. Proverbs 23. 
verse 5. It seems a kind of strange verse to begin with, but let me kind of explain this a little bit as you see it in this slide. Proverbs 23 and verse 5. Will you set your eyes on that which is not? For riches certainly make themselves wings. They fly away like an eagle towards heaven. What that's a picture of really is an eagle. The thing that separates an eagle from any other bird is this. An eagle can look at the sun when it flies. It has two eyelids. And he has the ability to gaze at the sun when it flies. Isn't that awesome? It gazes at the sun. It looks at the sun. And we're really called to, to, be, to be that kind of situation. We are learned to really... The goal of Christianity really is to learn that when problems come, the importance of gazing on Jesus. I think sometimes we, we gaze at the problem, we gaze at the circumstance, and it's learning to develop an ability that when the problems come, when the situations arise, we learn to gaze at Jesus. Colossians 1 Colossians 3 verse 1. It says, set your minds on things that are above. I want to read it because it kind of brings out a little bit in the message. Let me just read a little bit what it says from the message. If it works. It might not work. Let me see if it works. Yes, it has. Okay, this is from the message. It says, so if you're serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ, act like it. Pursue the things over which Christ presides. Don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, absorb with the things right in front of you. Look up and be alert to what is going on in Christ. That's where the action is. See things from his perspective. That's what we're called to do. Set your eyes. Be like the eagle. Fly towards the sun. Be like the eagle. Be to gaze at the Son of God. Set your eyes on Jesus. And there's two reasons, really, why the eagle does that. The first thing why the eagle does that, it's because of its enemy. The enemy of the eagle is the condor. That's its greatest enemy. And what the condor seeks to do, it's it's actually a bigger bird, literally, than the eagle. And what the condor seeks to do, it seeks to to get, get onto the eagle and push the eagle down to the earth because it knows it can never defeat the eagle in the air, but it can defeat it on the ground. I think Mary shared earlier that verse, amazing, when you think about it. Our battle, listen to this, is not against what? Flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. And what the enemy wants to do, he wants you to fight the battle, where? On the ground. Your battle isn't against people. And we can spend a lot of time, a lot of energy fighting people, and that's not really your battle. All that does is pull you down. And that's the enemy, and that's the ground the enemy wants you to fight. He wants you to fight the battle on the ground. But we're called not to fight on the ground. We're called to fight it where? In the heavenly places. You'll never beat the devil on the ground. Don't realize that. You'll never beat the devil trying to fight with flesh and blood. The Bible says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but the mighty through God, through the pulling down of strongholds. And all kinds of ways the enemy does things to try to pull you down. And so you fight it on the ground level and that's where you lose it. Rather than fighting it right where you are in the heavenly places. Listen to this. This is the story that I heard, which was quite interesting. Where an eagle 
And this guy was taking pictures of an eagle. He was just taking pictures. And he, he was absolutely stunned by the sheer majesty of the eagle and the flying and all this sort of stuff. And he was just taking pictures. And suddenly he noticed the eagle swept down, picked something up, and just flew back in the air. And he was taking pictures, and this was amazing. And then, all of a sudden, as he was taking pictures of the eagle, the eagle was right in the air, and suddenly, vroom, fell to the earth, like a, just fell on the earth. And when he came to the eagle, he noticed the eagle was dead. And had the eagle been shot? What had caused the eagle to fall right from the ground, fall right there into the ground, dead? What, what caused it? When he kind of lifted up the eagle, he found that the creature the eagle had held onto was a weasel. And the weasel was eating away at the, at the eagle until he got to its heart and killed it. Here's the point. Sometimes we can hold on to things that eat away at us. And instead of letting go of them, we hold on to it. And it eats away at us. It gets a hold of us. It gets a grip of us. And all the time, it's pulling us down. The most obvious thing that eagle could have done would have been to let go of it. And I think there's things that we can hold on to that really, in essence, are eating away at us. Things in our life happens and we just think about it. And all it does is it eats away at us. And all the time, it's just pulling us down and down and down. Attaching itself, eating away at us. Making us get more and more down. So we're allowing things to eat away at us. I remember a situation where we were in a meeting and we were told to turn around and pray for people. So we were praying for this lady and we were praying for her and... It was hard to begin with, but you know, sometimes you begin to pray more and more and suddenly you begin to feel there's a breakthrough coming. So we were praying for this lady and after a certain time, we felt suddenly there was beginning to be a breakthrough. We felt there was this breakthrough and this lady, you felt God was beginning to touch her and she could see she was beginning to move certain parts of her body that weren't before. And, and before I knew where I was, this guy suddenly jumps in, but literally pushes me out of the way and starts praying for her. And then... I'm just, I just, I don't know, that's why I kind of, kind of pull back. So Angie's more gracious and she, she's carried on, but I'm just, I'm just sit back. And, and inside, I'm eating away. I'm mad. I am mad as mad could be. And through the whole meeting, I'm thinking about this. I'm thinking about this guy. And it's just, it's eating away at me. And I can't get into the meeting because this whole thing is just there in my head. And I just felt so strong when God just comes saying, let go. Let go, let go, let go. Why hold on to something that actually is eating away? So that's the first thing. The second reason why an eagle flies towards the sun. Interesting enough, when the condor tries to attach itself to the eagle, you know what the eagle does? He flies higher towards the sun. And the more it flies towards the sun, the condor can't cope with the sunlight. And so he falls off. Isn't that wonderful? Second reason why that kind of eagle does that. The second reason why an eagle heads towards the sun is because it uses the storms to fly higher. When storms come, a t- turkeys run and hide. But when a, when a storms come, actually, eagles fly towards the storm. Isn't that amazing? How many don't want to be a turkey? <laughs> we want to be eagles. Because what an eagle does, it uses the storm to take it higher. It uses a storm. Instead of to bring it down, it uses a storm to take it high because it focuses on the sun. It focuses what's above. 
And because it focuses where above us, the storm comes, it uses that storm to take it to, take it to higher levels. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says that we can use our problems, our afflictions, actually, not to bring us down, but to allow us to go higher. I think one of the great books I ever read was called this, Don't Waste Your Sorrows. There's things that happen in our life that we don't always know why it's happened, what's taking place. But let's use it to allow God to take us higher. Amen. Don't waste it. Use it. Use every experience that life throws at you and allow it to allow God to take you to a higher place. How do you do it? By constantly gazing at the Son of God. Very quick, let me... Isaiah 40, and I'll finish here. Isaiah 40, there's more I could say. Isaiah 40. Here's the sort of, I suppose, the well-known scripture regarding eagle. Isaiah 40, verse 31. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. I mean, love that. That's a great scripture, isn't it? You know what I think about the eagle? Eagles, in a sense, don't flap. They mount. They mount up on the air currents. They allow the air currents. One thing I, when, I, when I was noticing, I saw, you know, I could see these dots going, you know, kind of flying, and just the eagle just soaring. And I thought, I don't want to be a duck that's kind of flapping around. I want to be an eagle that's soaring. And we're called not to flap, we're called to soar. Because what the eagle does, it waits on the edge of that rock. And it begins to sense the wind. And it waits to the right wind. And when the right wind comes, it just drops, if you like, on that wind and allows the wind to carry it. You know, my prayer is all the time, Lord, help me to know your ways. Holy Spirit, let me just flow in your ways. Show me your way. I mean, you know that the ways of the Holy Spirit are just so different to us. The way we think, the way we operate. The Holy Spirit ways are so different. And it's saying, Holy Spirit, just show me your ways. Help me to learn to fly the thermal winds of the Holy Spirit. Help me to allow your spirit to carry me. Help me to, to, to go in your, to, to find where you're flowing, to find where you're moving and to move in it. To flow and allow the Holy Spirit to work and carry us to accomplish all that he's called us to do. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. Letting the wind of the Spirit carry us. And notice what it says. It says, those that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength like an eagle. I've got time to go into this, but two things quickly an eagle does. You know, an eagle, after a time, it's, all its feathers get dry and carbon begins to sort of get the beak. And so it begins to actually... His beak kind of begins to close up and his feathers get dry so he can't fly properly. So he goes high up on, upon a rock. And on that rock, what it begins to do, it begins to pluck out all the dead feathers. It begins to smash its beak against the rock so the carbon breaks off the rock and, and a new beak is formed. It's this beautiful picture of, of, of renewing. When it, 
When an eagle gets poisoned, it goes high up on that rock, it stretches itself out, and allows the sun to pull out all the poison from its body. All that takes place happens because, simply because the eagle goes up to the rock and gets under the presence of the sun. And the key to renewing, maybe today you feel dry, you feel worn down, maybe you've had a few battles, there's a weariness there. You know what the key is? Say, God, I'm just coming into your presence. And the presence of God is the presence that renews us. Only in his presence can we truly find true renewal. When you've lost sight of his presence, when you feel really down and, and heavy, then go into the presence and let him renew it. You know, while we were, at, again, at, at Bethel, one of, one of the great places there, they've got a place called the Alabaster House. And it's open 24-7, seven days a week. And all the people do, there's kind of, I suppose, soaking music going on, there's a, a fountain there, believe it or not. And all the people do is they go in, there's no great prayers, if you like, it's not vocal praying, but people just go and spend time in God's presence. And I think that was one of the highlights we found, because we would just be there, I think you'd be there an hour and you'd just go like that, and we'd be there maybe hour, two hours sometimes, and, and you just soak the presence of God in. And, and it's almost the when you get to that place, place where you're allowing God's presence to soak you and to come over you and saturate you, it's amazing how everything in life changes. So we need the ability to renew ourselves. And it says those that, notice this, it says those that renew themselves, those that wait on the Lord. And that, that word wait there, Actually, it's a picture. It's a, a picture of, of a, a three-stranded cord bound tightly together. Often in Hebrew language, they, they use words that drew pictures. And it's a picture of, of a three-cord that's boundly tied together. And I just think this beautiful picture that we become intimately acquainted with Jesus. We, we get into a place of intimacy. And out of intimacy will come renewal. It's in the place of intimacy God begins to renew you and restore you and, and do amazing things in life. It, it's out of intimacy with him. And I think the call of the church today is, in, is in, in a place of being intimate with Jesus, getting intimate with him. And in that place of intimacy comes renewal. It also means to look forward with confidence to that which is good and beneficial. I think as we begin to wait on the Lord for situations, we come with expectation, and he comes to begin to renew us. Let me close with this. The word renew, actually, the word wait means to come with expectancy, to be like a three-chord, strong, bound together. The word, the word renew actually means to exchange. Weakness for strength. It's in the place of his presence Exchanged. It's just something exchanged. Something happens, and there's an exchange. I've gone into. I've gone there feeling weak, and I've come out strong. I've gone in feeling fearful, and I've come out bold. You can go in with sickness and come out healed. God takes all the negative stuff, and through waiting on the Lord, through coming into His presence, there begins to be this amazing exchange in life. God begins to take all the negative things out. And begins to pour incredible things into your life. I haven't got time to go into this, but Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul. What does he do? He forgives all my iniquity, heals all my diseases, 
And as you go on, it says this. He renews your youth like a eagle. I used to like that promise. Because <laughs> I like the thought, you know, we get this idea of youth, this, the, the physical side of it. But actually, it's all about the spiritual part of a youth being renewed. You think what a youth does. Think what it's like. You know when you were young? I know for some of us that's a... I know for me it's a long time to remember. But, you know, when you were a youth, there's an ability to dream. I think one of the things God wants to do in this day more and more is to put dreams in our hearts. Not just dreams for destiny, but I'm talking about when you sleep. He wants to give you dreams. He wants to speak to you. He wants to give you visions and dreams in your heart. But often the problem is we've lost that ability to dream. And God wants to renew your ability to dream. Youths have enthusiasm and, and energy. Is that right? And God wants to renew the energy and, 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 and the passions of their hearts. He wants to renew those things of, of enthusiasm and, and zeal in your heart. You know, think about a youth that, they're not complicated. They just see everything as very simple. I think sometimes that we can get very, very complicated and lose the ability to have that simple Trusting walk with Jesus. The other thing about our youth is this. I was thinking this that it's very hard when you ever, if you ever talk to young people more and more, they think they can do anything. <laughs> yeah, right? they, they, they've got no problems. They literally think they can do anything. Maybe when we lose that ability, we lose them. We we often go the other way where we don't think we can do anything. And God wants to renew us as a youth. So we say, Lord, we, we believe we can do this. We're not too old. We can do it. We can do this. We can do this. To have that spirit of a youth. He will renew your youth as the eagle. That's what the renewing work has done. You dream again. There's a passion in your heart again. There's a zeal again in your heart. There's there's a, a, a faith that believes that God can do amazing things in your life. Because he is working the work of an eagle in your heart. Let's just come before him right now. Thank you for listening to this free download from Delancey Elam Church. For more downloads, information, or to contact us, please visit our website at delanceyelam.co.uk.